This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Ah. <sighs> can't believe I've walked into Pulse 95 Radio and I've already got abuse from everyone about yesterday's final. Like, at least let me walk into the studio. Do you know what I mean? I didn't, they didn't even ask me. Do you want a coffee? No, they didn't. They Every single person, and I know Vikas, you're listening, from the second I walked into this building, just said to me, Oh my, you okay? Oh my, you all right? Everything okay? You see what I have to deal with here? You see what I have to deal with when I'm when I'm hosting my own show in the best radio channel in the UAE on the planet. Pulse 95 Radio, we're here. So we're about to bring the energy to you for the next hour if you're wondering what's coming up on the show today. Well, Euro 2020 has been a memorable tournament for many reasons and every beat has been felt from the first game and we call it an end to what has been an incredible era, this European Championship. Now, the champions of Europe are Italy. Italy have done it, Forza Italia, they have done it and well-deserved. They have done it, but how did they do it? And how did it go yesterday in the final? Where did it go right? Where did it go wrong? I'm going to explain that today on the show. That's not the only thing that's happening on the show today because UFC 264 happened and Conor McGregor's comeback. I keep saying comeback. Conor McGregor's return to the UFC 264 against Dustin Poirier for the trilogy happened. But what happened if you haven't caught that fight or the, the obscene scenes? from what occurred in that fight. We're about to discuss that as well on the show. So we've got Euro 2020, UFC 264, Wimbledon is over, Messi wins a trophy. Like I didn't need more to talk about today on the show, but I'm going to need all of you to get with me on the hour. And that's on my Instagram live, Pulse95 Radio, YouTube channel, anywhere you're listening. Stay tuned for the next hour on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international and local. Right, let's get stuck into it straight away. Now, the Euro 2020 has come to an end, unfortunately, but what a tournament it's been as well, especially the latter stages. A lot of people, you know, predicted that, you know, we would get a favourite, a fan favourite at the end or, you know, one of the top seeds and Italy definitely, definitely did not disappoint. And here's the thing, guys. This is, this is what, like, f- for me... There's a lot of things when it comes down to sport that I relate to life. But my only problem is when life actually doesn't relate to sport. That, that's kind of something that gets me a little bit. And yesterday, the scenes afterwards, you know, were the headlines and, and you know, the racism and the comments that were made about the players, uh, you know, the, the, the African players or, or at least the mixed players that, you know, missed the penalties and things like that. I, I've really, the, the, there's no space 
in sport for racism and and no way should that be allowed and i hope those people that have done that get punished because you're looking at the game itself and and it really did set itself up nicely you know both teams very pragmatic in their approach in terms of being defensively very very sound mancini versus southgate and some people were criticizing southgate you know from the beginning of the tournament for doing certain things but he managed to get them together and more than anything guys and like let's put let's put the jokes aside and the banter because i walked in here and everyone's bantering me the second i walked in um what southgate has managed to do is unite a nation and i know that sounds obvious but it's not actually that obvious because for many years the clubs um, have come first the loyalty to the clubs players weren't getting along there wasn't this camaraderie to have a setup like what Southgate has done for England and make the players feel at home where they're all together it's a squad game there's no bitterness between them that was really really special and very very unique so coming into this final and everyone was talking about you know England have never been in a final so that already was an achievement itself the Italians on the other hand you know, with what Mancini has managed to do and the blend of experience at the back with the youthfulness of the players who really, really came to the scene, especially players like Chiesa. Obviously, Donnarumma is very experienced for such a young goalkeeper, but then him really establishing himself before he moves to PSG. There's a lot of factors here in this. But what made it really, really good as a spectacle was the fact it was a very, very even game. Some people might say, no, Italy were dominant. Well, when England took the lead early on, that was probably against a lot of people's expectations. People thought Italy were going to probably dominate and score and then sit back. The fact that England scored so early, you know, that was something that really set up the game nice because Italy had to come out and play. And in them coming out to play, there were you know gaps and spaces to be exposed now whether that was exposed or not that was probably not you know something evident at the end but the first half England were outstanding honestly players like Declan Rice Luke Shaw you know um, man Phillips was excellent you know Sterling obviously a handful you know Kane causing a problem even though in my opinion Kane is better up further in the pitch but the fact that he would drop into the middle would cause a problem for the defenders to come with him, which created the space. And then even people saying that why did Southgate change his formation to face Italy? Why is he more defensive? Well, the reason being is because he saw how it worked against the Germans. He saw how Spain played against Italy. And the way that Spain played against Italy was dominating the midfield by overrunning them until they had to substitute two out of the three midfielders later on. So Southgate saw that, saw the team he's playing up against, knew that they had incredible talent all over and had to do something about it. And that was evident because even though he was criticised coming into this final, the people that were involved was Trippier to cross and Luke Shaw to finish. And Trippier was the person brought in and Saka was actually left out. So you see, we can criticise and we can... And it's very, by the way, this is another thing. And I've been... I, I've experienced this as a coach as well. It's very easy when things don't go right for people to say, you should have done this and you should have done that and you should have played him. But the, the truth of the matter is he trusted his players and he trusted his squad and he knew it was going to be a long game. And so in doing so, Trippier, the person who he brought in for the final, he trusts, crossed the ball for Luke Shaw to finish against the outstanding player of the tournament, Donnarumma. So in the first half coming in, looking at the way the game was played out, England were in a very good position. Now, the argument here is, should he have reacted earlier? Should he have done something where 
it would have had a plan B or a plan C. And even sitting and watching the game myself, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, you know what? Some of his players need to step up or he needs to change them. And when you look at the team and you look at the creativity, especially sitting on the bench, that was my only concern with the players that are occupying those positions in the starting lineup. And those players would be people like uh, Mason Mount, for example, Harry Kane. These are players that you rely on club level. The difference with international level, especially when it comes down to semi-finals and finals, are very marginal, very, very small things. But when you look at players like Jack Grealish, I know Foden was injured yesterday. Look at Jadon Sancho, look at Saka. Those are players that are creative, they're bold, they're willing to take a chance. And I just felt as much as Mason Mountain does so much work off the ball, and fantastic work, by the way, off the ball, he's one of those players that every manager has in his team. And despite doing that, I needed more and I needed more after 60 minutes and I knew that was going to be the case and if Italy scored it was going to be very very difficult for England and I just thought to myself if Southgate does something now then he will be able to almost keep Italy on the back foot because players like Chiesa were outstanding and the fact that here's the tactical move that Mancini switched Chiesa from flank to flank that caused a problem which pinned down between Kyle Walker and Kieran Trippier to be able to do more in that action and so that's why Mancini's move with Chiesa who who got substituted and as soon as he did because of an injury you kind of thought hey listen this could actually go England's way but the Italians the experience Bonucci Chiellini even the game management and this is another thing that a lot of people it's very like i said it's very easy in hindsight to be able to say he should have and he should have and he'd done this but the game management was fantastic and even when it was unfair the dark arts of football shows through the skill that is by the way when you stop a game when you commit a foul when you break up a play the patterns of play on the pitch is something that managers and players and coaches discuss all the time and when you looked at how there was 21 fouls from Italy and there was 13 fouls from England and there was five yellow cards from Italy and it was one yellow card from England. Now, I'm not saying that's why they... Italy deserved to win this tournament. Now, the game, and people forget this, ended on a draw before penalties. So, tactically, both managers were very, very good. And that's where I kind of say, you know, as much as people might say, oh, but there was possession... Italy had more possession. And yes, in the second half, Italy were much better than England. But as soon as it went into extra time and those players were introduced, now it started to become a game. And you just felt that it's going to be experience versus a team that is learning, is learning a lot about itself. And that's why I heard a lot of people come on and say, and I listen to all different radio channels, by the way, even in the UK. And I heard people say, oh, well, Southgate was wrong and he should have done this. And sh-. Well, Southgate didn't actually lose the game. Southgate lost on penalties, which, by the way, when you look at it in hindsight, and I did say Italy deserved to win based on the tournament. They were excellent. But when you look at the actual game, When Spain played Italy, Spain outplayed Italy, but Italy got through and that comes down to game management. It comes down to the experience of Chiellini and Bonucci, who are a very rare breed of defenders who love to defend, who celebrate when they defend. When they make a clearance, it's like they scored a goal. Now, having the experience of those two with the the, the new the new wave of talent in Italy, in Donnarumma, in a defend, in a goalkeeper who who already has so much experience for for a young you know young boy, 
Then you start to see Spinazzola who got injured and he came in. Emerson did a good job. Lorenzo on the right, again, good job. Verratti's experience, fantastic. Jorginho, it's not... Players like Verratti and Jorginho are, are extraordinary for a reason. Not necessarily the assists that they make, but how they keep the ball and how they distribute the ball at the right time. Their football IQ is superior to many players in those positions and a lot of the time we get carried away with stats and we say why why uh, isn't that player scoring enough or assisting enough what this does for this game and this beautiful game is it shows you there are many ways to win football matches but more importantly what it has done it's united a nation to be able to enjoy a game of football and that's why congratulations to italy for winning the tournament Congratulations to England for reaching the final. How they move on from here and how they learn and progress is going to be the game changer when it comes down to Gareth Southgate's men. Is he the right man for it? Absolutely. Because they learned from mistakes they made in the past. They've reached the semi-final and now they've reached the final. The World Cup is in 18 months. This could actually be the best thing for them because it teaches them a lot about themselves. I felt really sorry for Bakayo Saka yesterday. I thought he was outstanding. A 19-year-old who perhaps in many people's eyes shouldn't have played this tournament, shouldn't have started, but Southgate trusted him and repaid the faith. The other players that missed the penalties, as everyone, anyone knows, penalties are a lottery. So at the end of the day, you have to congratulate them. What happened after that in the media and in the you know racism, abuse and all that has no space for football. So let's enjoy the tournament. Let's appreciate things and be grateful for a lot of things that happened. Christian, Erics, uh, Christian Eriksen's life, for one. The fans from all around the world enjoying sport, two. And at the end of the day, congratulations, Italy, on their tournament. Fantastic, fantastic tournament. Very, very well done. Very, very happy to see that football won yesterday. And despite the game going to penalties and being such a long game, at the end of the day, we appreciate that. And that is the Euro 2020 final segment over and done. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back after this. Enjoy, folks. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful. It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Adori. I'm your host, Come Everything Sport, international and local. Thank you, Mikey, for, for joining the room on Instagram Live at Omar Adori. Appreciate that. And thank you for pulling out the tissue box as well uh, and giving me a bit of stick for England losing. <laughs> okay, UFC 264 kicked off. Man, um, everyone was really anticipating Conor McGregor's return and, um, and Dustin Poirier. And this one looked really, really personal. You know, coming into this you know, into this fight, everyone was talking about which Connor is it going to be? Is it going to be the good Connor? Is it going to be the the aggressive Connor? Which which one is it going to be? And and having looked at the mind games behind it, when they fought for the second fight, because the first fight Connor won, and the second fight Dustin Poirier won. When they fought for the second fight, Dustin Poirier said, "You know, it was easy for me because Connor McGregor wasn't the same, you know, in your face Connor McGregor. So this time he switched it up." He got very, very riled up for it. He got very, very aggressive. He got in his face. If you watch the embedded in the episodes coming into it, that was, you know, something that, uh, you know, we were looking forward to. And then 
this fight happens and we're thinking, right, okay, this is finally going to happen now because we know that Dustin Poirier had a chance to fight Oliveira for a title fight, but actually turned that down to fight Conor McGregor for the trilogy. We looked at that and we thought, okay, he's, you know, he's got to look after his family. It's a money fight. It makes sense. Unfortunately, what happened, if those haven't seen it, you should go check it out, is Conor McGregor broke his leg in, you know, what people will say was a freak accident. I think when he when he actually threw he threw many kicks in the first round and when he threw one of his kicks and Dustin Poirier checked it I think that's probably when the the beginning of the break started to happen because once the body's warm and the adrenaline's happening you don't really feel much but then Connor threw a punch and then actually putting weight on that foot it snapped and it was one of the like weirdest things it was really awful to watch I mean anyone that suffers a leg break or any kind of break normally when it comes to sports or life you kind of cringe straight away and uh, you know memories of uh, you know uh, Anderson Silva and, and Weidman you know just came to mind especially recently with um, with Uriah Hall uh, being involved with that you know it, it's not something you want to watch in sport but all of a sudden the look on Conor McGregor's face was horrifying you knew something wasn't right and as soon as that happened, the camera looked down at his leg and it was literally hanging off, which was awful. But what does this mean for Conor McGregor? So on, on paper, he loses the trilogy. And although people will say that the fight was um, on points for Dustin Poirier because Conor McGregor made a mistake in shooting for a takedown and in doing so, you know, you, you go against a black belt and Dustin Poirier, that's, that's home for him. Whilst if he kept it, you know, uh, on his feet and, and, and focused on striking, it would be a whole different fight. But, you know, people forget, you know, Dustin Poirier, 28 and 6, you know, uh, Conor McGregor, 22 and 6, you know, this, this lightweight division you know, is not light and it's it's not something that people, you know, can take, you know, easily, you know, and, and those two really, really showed it. But now the psychology of that leg break, how difficult is it to come back from such an injury? Um, the news is that Conor McGregor has already had surgery and they've said that in six weeks, it will take six weeks of him being on crutches and really letting it heal before he can put any weight on it again. And, and with these things and having experienced this recently myself, it's, it's such a fight and it's such a mental battle when it comes down to getting injuries that actually prevent you from, from moving. And I say that because movement is medicine. You know, we take it for granted until we no longer have that, that mobility, the, the, the idea to be able to turn and twist and, and stand up and put a t-shirt on. You know, these simple things really, really, you don't think about them until you're actually in them. And Conor McGregor suffering this leg break is is awful because as a human the first thing that happens at that point is you start to think what am i going to do how am i going to stay occupied how am i going to keep my brain ticking or my brain working there's all these factors that you you wonder am i ever going to be the same again am i ever going to be able to uh, you know lift or push pull uh, get up stand up you know there's there's many factors that, that come into mind and and with this Conor McGregor loss, you just question. A lot of people are saying it's over for him in the career of mixed martial arts. 
especially that you know he doesn't need to fight and this is why people sometimes are, are questioning why is he still in sport why is you know his his endorsements and all his products and everything they made him a, a, a multi-millionaire so why is he still putting his body at risk and doing these things and i actually just think i actually think that you know conor mcgregor and maybe his ego might be the toughest thing but conor mcgregor will come back and i'll say it here on the halftime show i genuinely feel he's going to make a comeback he's going to use this as motivation to fight dustin poirier again and when we least expect it the fight is going to be announced now dustin poirier fights charles Oliveira next and that's exciting but that means you're looking at at least a year until conor can make him return and if he does all the muscle memory all the ring rust being able to will he take a fight before that there's all these factors that you have to consider and a fighter's mind is very very different when it comes to these things these things you know take a lot for you to actually use that kind of energy mentally emotionally and physically so will conor mcgregor come back let me know 4215 or do and also by the way i have to say i know we're talking 264 Gilbert Burns does it again against uh, Wonderboy Stephen Thompson. Uh, Tai Tuvasa. Oh my God. I don't know whether to, to celebrate or, or throw up after his celebrations against uh, Greg Hardy. Knockout, you know, first round, one minute, seven. <laughs> that was crazy. And then the women's banterweight, Irene Aldana for, I can't even say this name, but Yana Kuniti Sakaya. Um, in a knockout as well in the round one four minutes 35 seconds right okay we'll take a quick break here's some oasis sam smith and i'll see you after this see you in a bit folks this is the halftime show with omar adouri oh he loves the fire this is the halftime show with omar adouri on pulse 95 nice strike oh better than nice It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Dury. If you're just tuning in and kicking yourself for missing the first part of the show, don't worry, you can catch all of our episodes on podcasts if that's what you like. You can go to Apple, Spotify or SoundCloud. Or if you prefer a visual, head over to our YouTube channel, Pulse95 Radio. And on that, you'll be able to actually see a lot of our episodes with all of our guests and some really, really cool topics as well. Okay, so we've spoken about the Euro 2020. As, I, as you know, I came into the studio today actually i didn't before i came into the building and i was getting abuse about england losing to italy in the euro 2020 final we also spoke about the ufc 264 conor mcgregor against dustin poirier is making headlines everywhere following dustin uh, poirier's uh victory albeit for conor mcgregor's leg break now a lot of things in that um you know that is is uh, very worrying for conor mcgregor and where his career will go right that's not that's not the only superstar who's uh, celebrating at the moment now Lionel messi wins his first trophy for argentina like how nuts is that to think about all the things he's won and to think that man he's he, he's never done it with argentina and yes the comparisons have always been there with him and diego maradona but i think what does this mean for messi and a lot of the barca fans and the messi fans you know they were first ones to celebrate first ones to be proud and they should be they should be you know 
The only question mark when it comes down to Messi in Argentina is how has he not managed to elevate his team like he has done with Barcelona um, with all the great players that he has around him and some people might say what great players but I think team players you think of the quality they've had in 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 attacking positions you think of obviously now having Martinez in goal that's a big factor and winning you know the best goalkeeper of the tournament that's huge but I think even watching them if anyone watched the um, I was going to say Barcelona if anyone watched the Argentina Brazil uh, match the other day I mean it was at 4am here in the UAE but it was you know it was just very violent <laughs> very very violent and the 41 fouls committed in a match that I mean had so much uh, you know for the referee to, to manage and to handle and these pe- these players and these people really in his ear all the time and people rolling over and falling and I think that was that was there was very few bits of quality in the actual patterns of play that you could see and looking at the lineups the lineups were actually very very good so you saw a lot of good things come out of there um and and then that was very very tricky for um for for brazil but Di maria scored a great goal i think again you look at the players that they have and you wonder why they haven't done it sooner but it was you know when you think about it argentina won 1-0 and they only had six shots in total in a game of 90 minutes with some of the best players in the world uh, Brazil did have home advantage but um, couldn't actually convert that with 60% possession 13 shots you know they they had they really tried to give it you know they really tried to go for it Richarlison was very unlucky not to score uh, but again you look at international football you look at all these people and you wonder wow what, what's going on uh, you know why hasn't Messi done it but what's next for Messi and what does this this trophy mean you know we've seen Messi retire before and, and come back will the World Cup uh, be his last dance I think that's kind of the question that everyone is you know is 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 looking at at the moment now um, Hatem has just joined us on the Instagram live uh, Omar got lots to say about the England performance and aftermath for final loss what's your thoughts topic Hatem where you been man <laughs> I know Hatim is not in the country. Um, <laughs> it's probably working on the World Cup as we speak. But what I will say, Hatim, is head over to the YouTube channel later. Super Mario and Gabby will put the episode on. And I have a, a long segment on the Euro 2020 uh, of what's happened on there. Right, okay, we're going to take a quick break. we got some Burner Boy. The music's on point today. Shout out to RR as well, who's in the building. And then we have a final segment. And Masoud, I will be answering your questions and Hatim after the break. Enjoy. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Maduri on Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show. It's almost full-time on the Halftime Show. We're taking your questions in now as we speak. Um, a lot of people drop in their questions on yesterday. And some people actually ask me questions about the Euro 2020, which, understandably, obviously, they just joined, so they missed the first segment. If you have missed it, you can always head over to the YouTube channel and check it out. Um, right, let's take your questions on here. Okay, let's have a look. Um, Masoud. 
how do you visualize yourself brother and what's one thing you still chase for and why that's a very good question uh Masoud. so I, I think in terms of visualization it's really important i think we're all human we all kind of have you know our own way of interpreting things and obviously the more experience we get the more we understand how to handle and manage situations i think that's a very very good question um and the thing with that is again we're very you know we're and we're always good at giving advice. <laughs> I think all of us are excellent at giving advice, but following our own advice is probably one of the hardest things. And uh, and I'm one of those people as well. Even though I'm a coach, obviously I fall under that belt and I do strive to be better. I think every day there's something that keeps me going to try and be a better version of myself. And I think the reason why is because it gives more to those that matter, the people around me, you know, family, friends, you know these kind of things and also being a coach as well you're always thinking you're always trying to trying to find the right balance the right formula to kind of execute things so i think i wouldn't necessarily say i'm chasing it but it's something that you know you you want to do because you know there's always so much more you can do and it's only when you get too comfortable do you not you know um you know you know you don't develop so i think that's just hopefully that answers your question but yeah that's that's something i'm definitely striving to to improve and work on um what did you think of the formations yesterday? Um, look, to be honest, I, I, I genuinely think that coming into this tournament, there's not many people that would have, um, you know, given Southgate uh, a hope and probably thought that he, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. But I have to say, um, the way he's conducted himself, the way he's managed things, you also got to realize that a few of his players have had issues and situations which he's had to deal with, which maybe in the past would have been magnified. Bringing in the media, very, very good move. A club-like mentality where players are genuinely embracing themselves and they genuinely care about each other. I've heard things like Conor Cody has been the best player uh, in the England squad and he hasn't played. You know, uh, having real leaders there, having... Uh, you know, Mason Greenwood and um, and Phil Foden, you know, had a problem uh, during lockdown. Uh, he dropped them, kept them out, taught them a lesson, brought them back in, gave them a chance. It's all about giving people chances, allowing them to develop and learn. And I think he's a very good teacher. Uh, is he the best person for the job? I think that's still out there to be seen. But saying that, now more than ever, coaches are learning to treat the humans a, a certain way which brings out the best in them and whilst before it was an old school approach it was quite authoritarian i think the humanitarian approach on coaching now um, it definitely has a lot to give and, and i think that's what southgate's proved in this he can learn a lot from yesterday and he can learn a lot from mancini who's been there and done that and that's why i think you know it's very very key to kind of have the right people around um right we we are approaching full time man on the halftime show um i've had so much fun with you guys i mean apart from getting abused when i came in to pulse 95 radio by my friends and colleagues here it's great to uh, be able to see you guys be able to, to to speak to you guys and also connect with you guys remember you can catch the show every monday wednesday and saturday three to four or if you do miss it like some of you have done unfortunately ask me what's the topics about what do you think of the euros catch it on youtube i'll see you guys peace and love and i'll see you back again on wednesday this is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.